Where else can you go to not only find the information on how to train your dog, but the best deals on training equipment as well? Standing Stone Supply has everything you need to create that next versatile champion from DT system electronics down to even emergency med kits to take with you on your hunting trips. If you need some help with your training program, then their step-by-step online course might be a great fit for you, making it a convenient one-stop shop for the knowledge as well as the gear to take your training to the next level. Hit up standingstonesupply.com and promo code GDIY will save you 10%. As someone who constantly travels to new locations out of state to hunt, I have to rely on map scouting before I even get in the truck. Onyx Hunt Maps makes it super easy for me to plan out my trips as well as track my success while on the trip. The offline maps along with the tracking feature and ability to add pictures to my waypoints means I can always reference old trips and hunts to better prepare for the next. When planning your next hunt, be sure to use Onyx to put you and your dog in the best situation you can. Use code GDIY20 at checkout to save 20% and know where you stand with Onyx. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. GDIY profiles are bonus episodes that tell the stories of how your everyday handler got into the gun dog world. You will hear plenty of examples of what to do as well as what not to do and how they learn from those experiences. These episodes are being put out to tell the honest stories that we as do-it-yourself dog handlers can all relate to. If you think it would be a good fit for a profile episode, please go to gundogityourself.com and complete the form and we may get back to you so that you can share your story. All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the GDIY Profile. This month, we have Josh Brown on the line. Josh, how you doing? Good. How are you? Uh, living the dream as always. Uh, so go ahead and tell everybody where you're from and uh, what kind of got you in the dog world. Yeah, definitely. Um, I live here in Anchorage, Alaska right now, and um, I've been up here about 18 years, originally from Illinois. And what got me into the dog world... Um, Growing up, we used to hunt pheasant back in Illinois, I guess the few pheasant that were left around there and uh, planted birds and stuff. And we had a German short hair um, when I was little and, uh, you know, my dad, I would say, did most of that training, which probably wasn't a whole lot, but we ended up with a great dog and I think just got lucky. And then when I moved to Alaska, I didn't do as much bird hunting. Um, When I got up here, I was in college and just too many things happening that were keeping me busy. And so I think it was probably like my third or fourth year in college, I went back to Illinois and talked my dad into setting up a hunt on a game preserve back there. And so we went out and the um, person that took us out had a Vizsla and uh, we hunted that day and I just had a great, great time out there and um, really loved watching that dog work and, uh, and being out there again. And I think that is what started my uh, desire to kind of get back into it. I was about to say, so, you know, a preserve hunt, that preserves kind of get a, a bad rap uh, nowadays from some people, but, you know, it, it is kind of a good tool for introducing people to the world that uh, 
you know, maybe they don't have a chance to otherwise, but also uh, you're a great example of it didn't introduce you to it, but it did get you back into it to where uh, you wanted to get your own dog and, and uh, move to Alaska and start hunting birds with it. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, um, you know, I moved up here uh, to go to college and just kind of try something else out and, you know, being up here, I started to do a little bit more um, big game hunting and and stuff up here. And I think getting re or exposed to that too got me more excited about kind of going back to to bird hunting and things that we did growing up back in Illinois. Yeah. So, how long ago was it that you got your own Vishla? Uh, so I I've been looking for one. Let's see. This was probably back in like. 2009 I think and um I ended up finding a breeder I didn't know what I was looking for what I was doing and put a deposit down and uh I think unfortunately and fortunately that ended up not working out they kind of disappeared and um never ended up getting a dog from them I still really wanted a dog and so I ended up uh finding a rescue group there in Iowa and mm-hmm. getting a visla through them and um i adopted that dog and and brought her in but realized quickly that she wasn't going to turn into the hunting dog that i wanted she definitely would do the hunting part but as soon as a gun or any loud noises happened that was a uh, game over for her um, gotcha. yeah we had a great time but uh just not not exactly what I was hoping for. And so I kept just kind of thinking about getting into it and, you know, getting a dog that I could actually hunt with. And, um, unfortunately, you know, after I lost that dog, um, it was probably, I think two years ish ago. Um, I started looking a little bit more and again, I don't think that I really knew enough about breeders and, and what to look for. Um, at least not as much as I, feel like I know now. And mm-hmm. I stumbled across uh, a few in kind of like the Iowa and Illinois area where I originally was from and talked to some of them. And, and I think, you know, I talked to some, some decent ones and um, felt like I had kind of decided on, on one, but then I started to think to myself, man, they're just cranking out dogs like nonstop. And, and I keep seeing them post like, oh, we got three dogs left over from that litter. And I started to ask myself, like, why do they have so many dogs left over? Why, you know, do they not have people for these dogs? And are they not kind of planning these things a little bit more? Mm -hmm. And so I started to look, I was like, you know, sometimes on the internet, it can be hard to find, find breeders or, you know, maybe the people who are more into this aren't doing all the advertising that some of these other folks are doing. Yeah. And so I, I just started to look at um, dogs who had gone through like NAVDA and AKC testing and um, started to look at pedigrees from different dogs, which, yeah. which really just led me to more, um, more options for breeders and being able to kind of track down some of these kennels, actually having, you know, the name of the breeder mm-hmm. in there. And so I, I ended up stumbling across um, the breeder that I ended up getting my Visla from. Um, and I 
uh, gave her a call and talking to her, I think that like got me super excited. And um, I was just really impressed by all the information she shared with me and everything she was doing, you know, with the breed and hunting her own dogs and then working and hunting, um, hunting in the, or sorry, testing in the NAVDA system. And I remember hanging up from that phone call and, and just thinking like, wow, there is a lot more out there than what I realized. And I definitely, you know, think I have found, you know, the breeder that I, I, I would like to go with because yeah. just the amount of information was, was amazing. No. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I mean, that's a great story, especially for people starting out. You know, you you went and rescued a dog and, you know, some people do luck out with, with the rescue. You know, that they, they give a dog that needs a home a home and it works out to where they get the hunting partner. But, uh, you know, it's it, it's kind of a, just a barrel shoot. You know, you don't yeah. know 100 percent what you're getting out of it. You don't know how the dog was developed or trained before you. So there's a lot of question marks and it, it can work out. But on average, you know, it, you're the probability isn't there. Right. And right. Then, so you, yeah. you move on. And a lot of people in that position, uh, they would have just gone ahead and learned that lesson by getting the, the puppy from the breeder that you started getting some red flags. But you actually listen to your gut and and really paid attention to the red flags that were popping up. And so that yeah. it, that's a really good lesson for a lot of first timers to, to take away from this is like, if your gut is telling you something's off more than likely something's off and keep, keep doing that research. And then, like you said, you started diving deep, figuring out the uh, breeders and the dogs playing the games that you really wanted to, or at least uh, produce the caliber of dogs that you wanted. And you ended up with the dog you have now. And, yeah. and, um, uh, you know, walk us through what that's been like now that you got the dog, uh, figuring out the training and getting it going and, and developing it into the hunting dog that you've been dreaming of since that preserve hunt. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just, just really quick on what you had just said too. I think one of the, the difficulties is that you get so excited about wanting a dog that it can be easy to maybe pick the wrong, yep. you know, breeder like that, that original one that I looked at and, um, I, I'm just happy that I, you know, stuck with what I ended up deciding and, and going from there. Absolutely. I mean, it, we get, we all get into this. We want a dog. We want to go hunting. We want that finished dog now. So yeah. it's just like, get me the dog now. But just like everything in life, you know, we're preached since we're kids, you know, patience is a virtue. You're going to be better off in the long run. If you're patient, do your homework, but man, it's hard when you get it in your head and you're envisioning just that that hunting dog, your best friend, and going out in the field, you you want that tomorrow, right? You don't yeah. want to delay it any further than what you have to. So a lot of people, like you said, they'll just jump the gun and keep going. Absolutely. Yep. So so you got the puppy home. Walk us through, you know, what it's like training uh, your dog, and especially yeah. you know where you live with Alaska. You know, you you do right. have some good opportunities as far as like game and, and stuff to hunt, but also the, where you live presents some challenges as far as, you know, how the weather and the timing of uh, what you can and can't train throughout the year. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I got her home uh, in July and so summers here are, are amazing, but we definitely don't always get super warm up here. 
Um, I'd say if we're in the high 60s, 70s, that's that's pretty normal. So when I got her home, I really was, you know, just focusing, you know, with her being a pup, just focusing on kind of getting her used to being here, being around me, um, and working working on just getting her um, comfortable with with being up here. Uh, I think as everyone has experienced, COVID definitely changed my original plan. I had um, planned to take off like a month of work and, um, you know, just spend a lot of time with her during that month and, and just work on some of those um, foundational like obedience and, um, and just getting us comfortable with each other. Unfortunately, because I'm a nurse, I had to keep working, and I think I got really lucky because I have a, a friend who has a draught up here and helped me out a lot with some of that beginning stuff and, and hanging out with the pup um, when I was having to work. But uh, really, my biggest focus, especially having that, had that um, my last Vizsla that came from the rescue group was uh, a reliable recall and I knew that that was gonna pay off big time as we started to work on more of the hunting um, specific training and getting out there in the field and so I really worked on that like non-stop and I think one of the days I got together later in the fall uh, with some folks and did some some training uh, some gun acclimated um, I can never say that word, acclimatization. Um, yeah, I just go with <laughs> intro, just gun yeah, intro. <laughs> some, some gun intro. We were working on that, and I remember uh, my dog Nova, um, you know, just being so excited about the birds, and and she was chasing this pigeon that had flown off, and you know, I I called out, I was like, you know, Nova here, and she turned and came back to me. Um, and the people were like, wow, you've put in a lot of work on that recall. And, uh, that just made me feel, feel good about that. Um, well, I mean, you know, and, and that's, it's pretty much similar to everybody's story. You get the dog and you have to start with just the, just the foundational obedience and introduction, right? You know, it's, it's kind yeah. of a, a standard form. So, you know, Walk us through transitioning because this is this is y'all's first hunting season, right? You've been getting yeah. out and doing some hunting, so you you've kind of been putting on some of that foundational obedience. But walk us through getting into hunting and what it's been like uh, introducing the red dog in Alaska yeah. to actual wild bird hunting. Yeah. So um, for her first bird intros, I was using uh, quail and. Took, those, took her out to uh, some training fields that we have just to get her interested in birds. Once I saw her out there and saw how interested she was, I was like, okay, I think, you know, we're good to, to get out. And, and she understands, like, what we're doing when we're, we're walking around um, in the woods and in the field. And so I took her out in the fall, um, and we did uh, some grouse hunting. And she did great there. Um, I I feel like, and I don't know because I don't have a lot of experience with this, but the grouse hunting I felt like was maybe a little bit trickier for a young dog um, mm -hmm. because sometimes the grouse would be close to the ground. Sometimes they'd be up in the tree. And uh, So are I'm, we talking about rough grouse, blue grouse? Which grouse are we talking right now? Uh, these were... Uh, 
uh, spruce grass or yeah, okay. spruce, yeah, spruce ends. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so she, and even just here in Anchorage, like not hunting, uh, one of the local like, um, wooded areas and parks, she's out there and we'll run into grouse out there all the time. And so she was starting to realize and starting to look up in the trees as well as <laughs> kind of, you know, when she'd, she'd start to get that scent, you'd start to see that she would start to look around a lot more. Yeah. Figuring out um, the game. Yeah. We also went out looking for ptarmigan a handful of times this fall before we got a bunch of snow and didn't have quite as much luck with that. Uh, Most of the ptarmigan that we saw were when we were loading and unloading from the truck. Uh, Go figure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A bunch that flew right over the top of our heads. But (laughs) when we were out there, you know, I definitely was impressed with, you know, what she was doing. Like she, she wasn't just walking around, like acting like we're on a hike. She definitely looked like she was, you know, searching for game and, and working through some of that cover. Um, So that definitely, you know, made me happy. And, and I was excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's one thing, you know, when these young dogs, especially start figuring out the game, you know, you, you see that light bulb go off. And like you said, you're noticing they're actually searching. They're actually hunting for game because a lot of the young dogs first few trips, it's just kind of, they don't really know what they're doing out there. It's just like, well, okay, we're going for a fun hike or whatever. And it's just, you have to find birds to get them on it. And then they realize, Oh, there's something out here for us to hunt and do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that was one of my worries was just, especially being newer to um, bird hunting in Alaska, not knowing exactly, you know, where to go to give her those positive opportunities right away. Um, so I think at least with, you know, the grouse, we definitely got lucky that we were able to find grouse, you know, pretty often when we were out. Um, ptarmigan, like I said, still working on that. But uh, our season is a little bit longer than most places. So in March here, we're going to be going out again um, for ptarmigan. Yeah. And so hopefully that'll... We'll uh, get to see a few birds out there, hopefully. Gotcha. Yeah, it'd be nice to have uh, as long of a season as you guys have. I'm, I'm pretty jealous of that down here. But so tell me, you know, what are your plans going forward? What are your long term plans? Uh, are, are you planning on NAVDA? Or are you just like, are you going to test or are you really just more about the uh, actual hunting and, and the meat hunting and stuff? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, when I originally started out and, and getting, getting her and thinking that I, you know, wanted a hunting dog, I was just looking for, you know, meat hunting, um, you know, a companion to get out there into the the mountains and the woods and and do some hunting and just enjoy, you know, being out. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it took too long after I got her that I, um, realize how much fun I was having with like the training aspect of everything as well. And, Mm um, I felt like, you know, there's a lot of reward there. And so I started to get a little bit, um, more interested in NAVDA and the testing, uh, system. And so I, I've, uh, gone to, I guess I went to, uh, like a basic obedience class that they, our chapter hosted up here, actually went to that before I got her. Um, and then 
I've done a few training events with some different groups up here and then found uh, some guys that um, do some training pretty often and I'm able to meet up with them and, and work on that. And right now we're kind of working, uh, well, trying not to work too much, but working yeah. towards the uh, NA test, which she will take in uh, June. Gotcha. And I guess say not try, try not to work too much because I don't I don't want to overtrain it. I've I've heard of those horrors and. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I wouldn't say it's necessarily horrors. I have seen to where overtraining can really kind of do more harm than good on the uh-huh. uh, actual results of the test. But usually, it, it just kind of goes into uh, it. it it kind of loses the purpose of the NA test, right? Uh, Now, granted where you're from, uh, the timing of it's going to be a little different because there's only so many months that, you know, where y'all are at that y'all are going to have chapters and it's probably not very convenient for you to just shoot onto another chapters test. Uh, if the timing works out better, right? I I don't imagine that you have too many options, uh, up in your neck of the woods as far as that's concerned. Yeah, this year our chapter is having um, three different testing weekends, which is nice. Um, but I definitely want to get her. I'm getting her in that first test just because she'll be a year old in um, yep. in May, and you know, just knock it out. Yep, exactly. Yep, I got you. Um, well, good deal. It sounds like you know you said that you ha- you have a co- core group of guys that y'all do some training on the side and everything and uh you have your long-term goals and everything so really with that being said you know think back on the adventure for the past year uh as as you've done some just intro level training and then intro level hunting and you're about to knock out the na test and just keep going with the with the training schedule Uh what piece of advice would you give somebody getting into the world getting their first dog and figuring out the the right method for them and their own dog yeah um i think probably the thing that if i could maybe do anything differently um from you know from the beginning is something that one of the guys i've been training with uh i think just mentioned you know a few weeks ago is kind of having that uh, kind of blueprint of where you want to go. And I think I've realized that over, you know, the past almost year that there's so much information out there, you know, internet and podcasts and books and people, and you can just get really overwhelmed by, you know, drinking from a fire hose. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And, um, I think that's something that has happened, you know, from time to time for me, but, when we were, I was talking with uh, this guy, like I said, that I train with and talking about that blueprint and kind of like where you want to go with everything has really helped. So even in just the last month, just thinking, you know, what do I want to do? Where do I want to go with training? You know, what are my long-term goals? And um, that's really helped kind of solidify some of it and, and I think focus some of the training more. Gotcha. Yeah, it makes sense. It's you have to have that long term goal to backtrack and kind of know what you need to be working on today. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I ask everybody on these profile episodes, give us the first story that comes in 
into mind training the dog yourself, good or bad, you know, uh-huh. funny, whatever. Uh, you know, mistakes go a long way in these podcasts. People love the mistakes because it's relatable to ever. We've all been there. So what's yeah. the first story that pops into mind uh, over the past year training your own dog? Um, I think it's kind of a mix of training and hunting. We, I took her down to Washington. Um, my dad lives down there and we went hunting, uh, for pheasant and we got to, you know, after we flew from Alaska, he picked us up, we drove. And so she'd been, you know, kind of cooped up for quite a bit of time, um, Mm -hmm. more than she normally would be. And, you know, the next day we stay at the hotel, the next day we go to where we're going to hunt and we get out and, and get to where we're going to hunt. And she got out of the kennel and, you know, I had her on the leash and I let her off to start, there she goes making noise, uh, <laughs> let her off to start hunting. And she just went like crazy. And, you know, she, I think she probably got out of the car and said, this smells like pheasant and I've been cooped up for a while. And, um, she ended up just running right over the top of like a bird <laughs> within like two minutes. And she was so excited about that bird. And, uh, at this point, you know, I mentioned earlier about working on her recall a lot. Um, she, she was a little less interested in that recall. So it took, (laughs) it took a couple minutes to get her back to us, but she got back to us and settled in and, and just did great. Like held, held point, let us walk in and flush the birds, you know, and, and had a great rest of the day. But yeah, that first, 15 20 minutes i was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> you learned that airing out lesson that's uh, yeah. that's something that we all learn from time to time to where especially like you said if they're cooped up uh you, you kind of recognize if a dog's been cooped up on traveling for, for a while it's like you're either gonna you're gonna get one of two responses usually one is what you experience to where they just get out and it's like, I'm free and I'm running and they just have some jet fuel they got to burn off uh-huh. or they're or they're you know they can get out and just be kind of slow, you know, stretching out. And it's just, they're, they're not up to their, their hunting speed. So it's a lesson that I had to learn very early on. And, and one of the uh, older guys that, that kind of helped introduce me into hunting and everything, he, he really kind of made it a point to uh, every time we went out hunting, find a field or spot on the way in, air them out, get them loosened up, stretched out, and then, uh, then move on to the area that you actually want to hunt. So yeah. that you don't, you don't have that issue of them bumping birds and going a little bird drunk and, and right. crazy for a little bit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. We learned our lesson and, uh, me and my dad were talking about that cause I'm going to try and, um, you know, get together with him again down there at some point and said okay this time we're gonna find somewhere we can run her around for a bit and then uh then get to hunting (laughs) yeah no absolutely well josh i appreciate you coming on is there anything else you'd like to add before we let you go uh no i just think uh you know i appreciate you guys everything you're doing and all the information it's it's great it definitely uh has been helpful and um keep making great podcasts for us will do we're gonna do our best and keep it going and and glad it's helped in any slight small way but yeah. uh yeah you know again thanks for coming on making time sharing your story it's it's always fun getting to talk to people and, and find out what got them into the into the bird dog world and uh yeah we'll uh we'll check back later awesome thanks
Thank you for listening to GDIY. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us and our partners on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to contribute even more to the future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash gundog it yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high-grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup, just have to replace it again and a year go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want if you're considering changing your dog's food soon then be sure to check out yukanuba pro performance their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance they also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active when looking at all the different food options remember yukanuba to help power their ultimate performance Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Duck's Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.